the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. For today's edition, we're returning to an evergreen favourite of the podcast. Why innovation, entrepreneurship and collaboration seem to hold the keys to resolving not just the zero carbon transition, but also a more efficient, digitally integrated future of shipping. Is shipping still a Luddite sector? Well, that very much depends who you're talking to. At the top of the industry, there is a very visible buzz of activity right now. And while you could argue that the impetus for change is coming from outside shipping, there's no denying that there is real dynamism at play, pushing the agenda on everything from decarbonisation to creating whole new business models from the digital exhaust of the industry. But that process is far from universal, and you don't have to dig too deep to find a bedrock of conservatism within shipping. First mover advantage is often something to be read about in other industries, and even the progressives are generally in a race to be second. For all the positive examples of innovation, the danger is that we get siloed projects that are difficult to scale because standardisation across such a fragmented sector is notoriously difficult. Arguably, that's where you need public policy and regulatory certainty to step in. But right now, we don't have that in a meaningful way. And so we talk ourselves in circles. But never fear. I come this week with the offer of expertise to clarify and cut through the circular arguments and set up the circular economy. Joining me on the podcast today is the founder and CEO of the innovation hub and accelerator Optima X, Angelica Khomeini. Angelica is going to be joining an A-list of shipping's sharpest minds next week at the Lloyd's List annual outlook. But in advance of that, she's very kindly agreed to join me to bring you something of a sneak peek of what you can look forward to next week. If you haven't already registered for the Outlook Forum, hit pause and do so immediately via lloydslist.com. It's free to attend and we're live at 2pm UK time, 4pm Athens time or 9am New York time, wherever we find you, on December the 1st. I'm going to be joined by a stellar cast, Graham Henderson from Shell, Nick Brown from Lloyd's Register, Michael Parker from City, Johanna Christensen, who heads up the Global Maritime Forum, Mark O'Neill from Columbia Ship Management, Roger Holm from Vartzilla Corporation, and of course, Angelica herself. If you haven't already found our Outlook poll on Lloyd's List and Twitter and LinkedIn and various other places, do so now. All of the questions raised there will be tackled by our expert panel on Tuesday, and it promises to be an interesting discussion covering all of the major trends shaping shipping into 2021 and beyond. But for now, let me introduce you to Angelica. So you can see the big ship owners uh, trying to understand uh, what is going on in the industry and with all these new developments. And they try to be proactive and maybe change their business model in the future. So they're investigating what they can do apart from um, working the traditional way they know. Uh, there are other voices that say, I, I don't care to be the first, for example. I want the others first to do what they are the, what they are going to do, and I will follow them. And you have others um, that probably they look, you know, from a distance what's going on, and they still operate as um, as they will always do. Um, but, but I think that uh, just and especially because of COVID, that it was definitely a game changer. 
I think that now people are are looking with, with are looking better to innovation and sustainability, and they realize that uh, there's something going on and that they should join. And uh, because the average ship owner, uh, for example, um, and there is also a question on your poll I saw on the Twitter account. Um, I, I, that was the um, if the small private ship owner will be an endangered species within the next decade. And I saw that the majority of people agreed. So let's say the average ship owner, if it doesn't agree to change his bu its business model, his business model, um, he will be in danger. Mm. Yes, it's a question I keep posing and I have posed for many years, and I think gradually the opinion is shifting towards the fact that private ship owning, the small private ship owner, is an endangered species. And I, while that will obviously be an unpopular view in certain quarters uh, and uh, amongst our listenership uh, on this podcast, uh, <laughs> there's not, you know, born out of any... Um, uh, criticism of of the uh, excellent work that many of the, the private ship owners do and the quality that is inherent within that sector. It's more a question of the shifting forces around them and the need for scale when accessing finance, uh, the requirements of transparency from cargo interests requiring different ways of doing things, the need to uh, integrate at um, at a scale that is probably very difficult, I think, as a, as a small individual owner, I, I just feel that 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 question over the small private ship owner is at the heart of so many of these things that we are looking at as a, as an industry, because it's about business models and it's about how the industry doesn't just change at the top end. Uh, Maersk can reinvent themselves uh, all they want, but you know ultimately even their scale is not going to be sufficient to pull along the big fragmented middle that is the majority of the shipping industry behind it. So I, I just think, you know, there there is a, a sort of two or even three tier industry out there. There are many voices within shipping and, you know, to describe a single ship owner as a, as a sort of homogenous entity is, is wrong. You know, we are, you know, a big fragmented series of sectors that often have very little to do with each other which makes these conversations that much more difficult because we're not talking about a single sector. We're talking about uh, pockets of, of business and trade that, uh, you know, are very, very difficult to, uh, you know, cover with a single conversation. But um, I think it's important. I think, you know, we go back to the, you know, the original sort of point about, you know, entrepreneurship and collaboration and, and, and these outside forces coming in. How do you uh, how do you think that that's working out now? Are you getting the sense that um, the that the process of bringing in uh, cargo interests and financiers and uh, you know those those global maritime forums set to shipping is that now an accepted uh, sort of practice within the people that you're talking to that you know the collaboration across shipping. Uh, shoreside practices, finance, you know, supply chain, economics—you know, these all these things all need to lock together for innovation to really accelerate. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, it's true that the charters uh, recently uh, initiated uh, the cargo charter. Uh, yeah. 
they want to uh, monitor their clients want well, well yeah the ship owners um, need to monitor the CO2 emissions uh, based on um, a function of IMO um, and it's true that we have many years the Poseidon principles and this is something that's that it is great that happened I mean from both sides uh, the charters and the banks um, however from what I get from our clients um, in Optima Shipping Services is uh, that although, especially for the banks, although these Poseidon principles uh, do exist, uh, they can't be implemented yet and uh, interest rates or lending is uh, hard to be achieved and interest rates are high. Uh, but I cannot blame them, for example, uh, because the technology for greener ships is not there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that we need more um, clear uh, and stable regulations <laughs> and definitely we need to see the technology being developed. Vartspila and MIN are, are working and they are testing uh, many many alternative fuels and at some point they will be ready. Um, and from what I know in 2015, uh, 2025, uh, Japan uh, will um, will showcase their um, first uh, hydrogen fuel cell um, ship vessel, but this vessel will be uh, for passengers. So at some point before 2013, 2030, I believe that we will have some available technologies. Um, however, at the moment, all those initiatives that try to support um, all you know, the regulations and sustainability in our sector uh, can't be implemented because mm. we we need the technology. OK, well, on that, I said at the outset that we were going to, uh, you know, offer a bit of a preview in terms of what's coming next week at the uh, the Outlook Forum. So I'm going to I'm going to fire a couple of the poll questions at you because this is how we're going to be running the Outlook Forum. We're going to be uh, looking at the uh, the questions we've already asked the uh, the shipping sector we've already got some results we're anticipating a flood more after they listen to this podcast but um all right let's start with this one which leads on from your last point what fuel technology offers the best chance of achieving zero carbon emissions by 2050 mm -hmm. uh, the choices we offered were ammonia hydrogen biofuels and nuclear uh where would you go uh i would uh, my choice would be nuclear and hydrogen. Uh, I know nuclear is a little bit provocative uh, because there are a lot of uh, issues with safety and uh, safety is a huge um, matter. So I believe uh, that in the near term or the near future, um, maybe until 2050, we will have those alternative fuels such as hydrogen and mm. then we might see the nuclear ships and from what I know, military nuclear ships do exist. Absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, actually. I mean, nuclear was on the table right up until um, Fukushima, and then, of course, it's, it became politically a little bit more difficult. But uh, I have noticed uh, a recent sea change in terms of the attitude uh, amongst certain people in the industry towards nuclear, and it's certainly being mentioned with more regularity than it once was even, even six months ago. So I think it's definitely back on the agenda. 
Okay, a quick fire question on the next one. What's the greatest challenge to the efficiency of shipping operations over the next five years? Now, these are necessarily broad brush choices, but we offered fuel uncertainty, regulatory uncertainty, digitalization changes, and crew and shoreside skills as the four options. But uh, I accept there's probably at least 100 more in there that we could have done if Twitter hadn't reduced our uh, choices to just four categories on this one. But where would you go? Um, I would go in regulatory uncertainty mm. and, uh, and fuel uncertainty, to be honest, because um, the question says efficiency of shipping operations. Um, and from what I know, all these new uh, low sulfur bankers that are in the market at the moment do um, do make problems at the engines uh, because of the lubricants and many ships have problems. Mm -hmm. So well, that's something that has to do with the shipping operations and and unless uh, banker companies do something about it i think we will have a problem and the regulatory uncertainty goes with all these um imo regulations about co2 emissions um on carbon um we have seen some um you know, last week we've seen some uh, proposals and some agreements, and that's good. But uh, still, there is uh, we we expect, for example, the EU to put shipping into the ETS system. Then the US will definitely do something about it, and then China will announce their uh, next five-year plan that probably will have some effect on the shipping sector as well. Mm. Okay, a few more quick ones and then we'll wrap this up. But uh, we asked what the, the best investment opportunity for shipping was, but we gave a date uh, up to 2021. So um, additional capacity, it'll be a brave choice for anyone right now, uh, <laughs> digitalization, uh, efficiency retrofits and zero carbon R&D. Now, the last two were deliberately vague, but um, what, what, do, what do you think? Uh, you know, are, are we better off as an industry in investing in the sort of transitional period right now or or should all the money be plowed into zero carbon research and development the best investment so for a ship owner um i would invest in zero carbon r d uh, mm. and that's uh, sometimes we don't have to wait for the regulations to arrive we can actually uh, do our research and f have our results and then probably regulations will follow based to what we have um, found. Mm -hmm. So it might be the case that if you are proactive and you do research and development before the regulations, then the regulations will actually look at what you did and they yeah. will actually follow you. It feels to some extent that the um, you know the industry is actually moving ahead of regulations for the first time in a while. You know we are as an industry you know generally seen as a bunch of regulatory laggards in that we wait to the last possible minutes to enact something. But it feels now that this uncertainty over you know fuel choice and uh, you know what the journey to 2050 looks like is creating an interesting dynamic within the industry where people are actually moving ahead of regulation rather than waiting for it to happen. But Perhaps that's just the uh, the optimist in me, or perhaps it's just I've been talking to a lot of the people who are telling me the right things at the moment, but I don't know. Or maybe lesson after the scrubbers. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Perhaps the industry finally has learned its lesson. You never know. <laughs> 
Well, listen, uh, Angelica, uh, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, we look forward to a, a more in-depth conversation next week when you're joining the Lloyd's List Outlook Forum, December the 1st, 2 p.m. UK time. Uh, and uh, please register now. Uh, there's plenty of uh, time to get your registrations in and to answer the Twitter poll questions, which are uh, linked on lloydslist.com. Um, but we hope to see you uh, all at the Outlook Forum uh, on December the 1st. But for now, Angelica, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you. <laughs>